watch it drive me mental. I'm not watching it anymore. I'm just, I'm do, we're sorry, we're just having a private discussion on the X Factor, otherwise known as Simon Cowell's Cash Cow. Makes a fortune, doesn't it? Simon Cash Cow. Lovely to see you, looking well. That weight's coming off, isn't it? It's not really, I'm just saying that and make him feel better as he walks out. Anyway, how are you this morning? I trust you are well. Actually, it was so far, the papers are still full of Cheryl Cole. I find it unbelievable. And even Sue Carroll, writing in her column today, goes, oh, wasn't it great she hit all the notes? She was miming. Of course she hit the blooming notes. Never heard such ignorance from a columnist before. Dreadful, Sue Carroll. Come on, goodness sake. You know she was mime, and perhaps you don't. But if you want, I mean, you can, you can tell, I can tell you the point she comes in. You know, and it's, and it's after she sung the first few lines. And then all of a sudden it goes really high. And that's, that's when it's click track, as they call it. And she's miming to it. You could see, it's so patently obvious. It's like you go and see Phantom of the Opera, the musical. And the first organ bit, dun, 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 is all pre-recorded. In fact, I used to sit there every night and watch it and watch the orchestra sitting there doing crosswords and waiting for their bit to come. It's going, dun, 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 dun. And even the bit that goes, dun, 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 it's all pre-recorded. And then halfway through, the orchestra come in, and you can hear it because it's a live orchestra. Sounds completely different. Completely different. Anyway, trust you well. Good news as well this morning. We've also woken up to the fact that nominated for Mother of the Year, Katie Price. I think they're having a laugh, aren't they, really? I mean, I can't believe it's actually serious when you've got Gordon Brown's uh, wife in there and loads of other... Perhaps they, they, they do it to try and get some coverage. Perhaps it's, if, if they put somebody as, as, as sort of dim as Katie Price in there, perhaps it's because they go, listen, we can get... Co- if you just put Gordon Brown's work, we're not going to get any coverage. So you put Katie Price in and immediately we go, OK, so look at the... I've talked about it already. I've given them the coverage. Because, to be honest with you, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be voting for Katie, but Mother of the Year, going through this sort of separation with the filth she's talked about, he's sleeping with it, and that's Mother of the Year. God, there's obviously hope for anybody on the Jeremy Kyle show who should be nominated. What next? Knighthood for Ronnie. Oh, you're still alive, Biggs. Let's give him a knighthood, because, frankly, he's pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, hasn't he? Anyway, feeling very chipper mood this morning. very dark outside. Apparently, according to Hugh Broom, he's trying to convince me that from next week when the clocks go backwards, it's going to be lighter when I leave. And I can't work this out. I said, but it's going to be darker, isn't it? And he's going, no, it'll be lighter. I said, oh, right. Because, so this will be, next week, this will be seven minutes past four. So it's obviously going to be dark. So when I leave, it'll be the two, and then it'll be still dark. Because I'll be leaving at, at, at six as opposed to seven, and presumably it'll still be dark. Won't it? It won't be, it won't be light in the morning for me, will it? I think Hugh Broom's got that wrong. I'm sure. I mean, he was standing there trying to... Well, he wasn't standing. He was sitting because he has to at his age. But he was, he was trying to explain to me. And I'm thinking, oh, I think you're talking a load of old rubbish. And I was trying to work it out. The hour backwards. And he's going, no, no, the hour... That, and I'm thinking, trouble is with farmers. They do it all by lambing, don't they? You know, if the lambs are in the field, you know, and if it's, you know, if you hold an acorn and it gets wet in your hand, it's going to be Thursday or something stupid. They're all a bit crackers, I'm afraid, all these farmers out there. You know, oh, look, different... Co- he brought me in some eggs a short while ago from his chicken. Well, frankly, you've never... Se- they're all different colours. Yeah, they were nice, but tiny. OK, they're like miniature eggs. Everything in miniature on his farm. I mean, to be honest, I think he's, he's farming with the borrowers. I think it can only be lots of little people, because the eggs, you needed 12 of them just to make anything look half decent. And all different colours. You heard of that before? 
different from for apparently specialist chickens. Yeah, right. You know, they were all there. Two hundred and fifty of them we brought in. Oh God, here we go. Anyway, apart from that, uh, we take all your texts and emails eight four eight five zero stevenlbc dot co dot uk, and uh, and we've got the Christmas. Show. Oh, there's a oh, there's a bit on the uh, LBC website. There's a new bit which they've put up there, and it's presenters' favourite bits of London. I think mine are the most interesting, to be honest with you. And uh, if I, I think mine are the first three photographs. And they're, they're places in London that you think are fascinating enough for people to want to go to. So well, one of our presenters has nominated Soho Square. So she obviously likes drinking. Uh, James O'Brien's nominated a restaurant for some reason. <laughs> I've got no idea. A restaurant in Chiswick. I, so it's, I thought it was sort of like places where you go and vi- I don't think a restaurant would be nominated. He's obviously on some deal with him. He probably gets sort of a discount or something like that. So, but my, mine are completely off the wall. I mean, they are off the wall. James Whale picked one of mine. And, uh, and I, I put it down on my list, but he'd obviously, I'd seen it before on, on his list. And, uh, so he, he nicked that, which is Goodwin's Court, which is just over the road from us here, which is a little bit of London, which looks exactly the same now as it did in about 1690, 1710. And uh, they're little bow-fronted shops. And it's a little tiny alleyway. And it's off, uh, St Martin's Lane, upper St Martin's Lane. And it's got a gas lamp at the beginning, and you walk through it, and you think, my, it's like stepping back to the 1700s. It's not changed at all. It's still got the little steps that lead up to the houses and these bow-fronted windows. Uh, nobody ever lived in there. They were always uh, offices and things like that. So nice. So Goodwin's Court's on this. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can see all the, uh, the pictures which we have. Some lovely park pictures. A lot of people pick parks. And uh, Jim Davis picked a cemetery, I think. God knows why. There's very odd places people have picked. <laughs> I was sitting looking at them last night thinking, people are going to think my one of... I mean, one of mine is the House of the Dead. And, uh oh God, there's preoccupation with death at the moment. I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, nice to see, says Paul, the twins in the red shiny suits. Nice to know they'll at least have a career in modelling. Adult-only clothing. All that seemed to be missing was a dungeon and some chains. I know many people would like to see them chained up, I think. Perhaps to a wall and gagged at the same time. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Apparently all the rest of the X Factor people were out the other night in uh, the fast food places. And and as Carol uh, McGiffin said on television the other day, she said, what is it with Cheryl Cole? She cries. All the time she cries. And all the panel agreed, very strangely, that it was very unprofessional to cry on that show. Very unprofessional. You just get on with it. At one point, she had to be comforted by that uh, 12-year-old Welsh boy. who had to come over and cuddle because she's going, I'm sorry, chicken, I picked the, uh, the wrong song for you. And, and, and they went, oh, shame. And I'm thinking, you wuss. Get off the television. Get off the... T- I don't want to see anybody else crying on television. It's become the new thing, I'm afraid. It's become the new thing. Did you see Katie Price on Graham Norton last night? Did not. Look grotesque. She always does. Bad makeup artist. Foul-mouthed makeup artist, actually. You remember the uh, the obscenities him and his boyfriend were shouting at people when they had a bust-up in a, the Mayfair Hotel with Peter Andre and his friends. Because inadvertently, Peter Andre had gone there, and one of uh, Katie Price's makeup friends, because they're camp, and from up north, although he used to be a coal miner, although frankly, you know, kind of done it for very long, because of chipped the nails, and uh, and they they then started having this thing. They apparently said to Peter Andre, "This is Phil, Phil Turner, who looks butch, but you know, powder puff." And, uh, and he said, all right, Pete, 
And Pete went, I think you've already nailed your, your colours to the Mars. We know which side you... you know, because that, that's the only reason that these two drearies feature in the papers, because they're friends with Katie Price, and that's it. One is the makeup artist, and the other one isn't. Makes things out of MDF, I suppose, or something like that. Something creative in the sort of architectural field. And uh, as then the bust-up started, and then there was F-words used by Phil Turner. Very inappropriate for a homosexual, I'm afraid. And, uh, and then he had to apologise. You know, came magazine said, oh, it was this and it was that. I'm thinking, nobody knows who you are, dear. Nobody cares. Only you who care. And, uh, and your boyfriend who does Katie Price's makeup. And we all know how awful that is. Apparently for her wedding, she had five fake hair pieces in. How is it possible to wear five fake, fake hair pieces? Never mind. Uh, right. No Alan this morning. He has business to do. He has business. Lawrence in Gloucester says, I'm having serious withdrawal symptoms from the podcast for the last week. I'm off to Turkey tomorrow, and I've saved up eight podcasts and ten in conversations. I'll be thinking of you in my sunbed. Can you ask your producer to get you up before 07.30, and I'll have nine podcasts to listen to? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen before seven. Well, it might do. Actually, no, it's unlicely, isn't it? The, 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 the traffic in the morning on the podcasting site. I don't know what time it normally goes up. What time does it normally go up, the podcast? Is it sort of about... Yeah. 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 About 7.15, 7.20. But today, she said 9 o'clock. So there you go. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. We just say that years ago, didn't we? <laughs> I don't think we'll bother with the, uh, with the horse racing today. It was pitifully awful, I'm afraid, but we'll, we'll save that later on. And uh, Andy Heyman's coming to do the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. He'll be here just after the news at 7. They're talking about the BNP appearing on Question Time. Uh, also, should discrimination be made against overweight people? Should it be a hate crime? This is a woman who claims she was attacked on a train for being fat. Well, I've never heard of this before in my life. There is a bloke in the paper today who weighs... I can't... 40 stone, 90 stone, whatever it is, it's going to take a helicopter to lift him out of his house, and we're paying for it, because he is so overweight. Do you remember the guy in America? There was, a, there was a guy in America, he was enormous. When he died, they couldn't find a coffin to bury him in, so they buried him in a grand piano case. They winched him out, because it was the only way, they had to take the window out of the, uh, out of the bedroom to actually get him out of the house. Because the trouble is, if you are vastly overweight, I've said before, sometimes it's an illness, sometimes it's eating kebabs and all that kind of stuff, and chips and things like that, and Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is great, but without the skin, if you're vegetarian, it's not much use to you at all. So in fact, there's nothing you can eat in there. And, um, and it, it's a strain on your heart, it's a strain on your legs. Remember we, we had that picture in the paper over the weekend, Rick Waller signing on, apparently, because no work out there. And uh, you remember, this is the man who fraudulently went on the TV show Fat Club, or Fit Club, and, uh, and then when they said, listen, you've got to get out and do some exercise, and he went, stuck his fingers out and walked off the show. I thought, that's why you're fat, mate. You need to get out a bit more. I mean, poor, he must smell to high heaven. You know, if you're fat, you've got to, you get rolls of flesh, you've got to lift it up. There was a guy in a circus in America, and he was the fat man. There used to be... Strangely enough, in circuses in this country, the fat man. And this man was so fat, he could stand there naked in front of you, and you never saw anything, because the rolls of fat covered everything. It literally was. He could lift it up. It was like, it was like whale blubber. And to clean himself, which he had to do every day, and I've seen it on the table with other people, he had to lift up the fat and hose underneath it, because you get sores. And then you've got to rub crib. It's so complicated. 
So the one thing you don't want to be is like Rick Waller, vastly overweight. And why is he vastly overweight? Because he eats curries. He eats all the food that is bad for him. You go, I like it. And you think, you can't like the way you... You can't stand in the shower and go, this is attractive. It just, it's not possible. You know, losing weight is... I mean, luckily, I speak as somebody who used to be big and is now almost sylph-like. You know, and it's sort of, you know, quite... You know, I can run for the bus provided it's sort of about three miles down the road and I've got a head start. I can generally catch up with it. But, uh, you know, I sort of get myself... I think getting up in the morning's quite good, actually. I did bounce out of bed this morning. I actually bounced. I've never bounced before, because I've got this extra mattress. And I literally... I saw it bounce, and I was out of bed. I went, ta-da! I felt like I was just doing an act in a circus. 16 past five. News headlines. Five senior prison managers face disciplinary action after it emerged they moved prisoners during official inspections at Wandsworth and Pentonville. More discussions between union leaders and Royal Mail managers continue later to try to prevent this week's planned postal strikes. And the Press Complaints Commission says it's still considering what to do after it received a record number of complaints about an article covering Stephen Gately's death. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick. Like, you know, if you're on holiday, don't, don't worry about it. But here he is with all the other information. Hugh Broom. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. T7.3. Yeah. Eight minutes. No, it's not. 18 minutes past uh, the hour of five o'clock. Nice to have you company this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Feeling a rather good moon today. Uh, hopefully it'll last all the way through till seven. Better do, actually. Otherwise we're in dreadful shape. Uh, it's, so, we'll be light when you finish at seven, as it would have been eight, says Pam. No, it would have been seven. It's going back, isn't it? So it wouldn't have been eight at all. It would have been... So, in other words, this time, next week, this will be 18 minutes past four... But, in fact, it will be 18 minutes past five. So it would have been 18 minutes past five, but it's 18 minutes past four. So it wouldn't have been 8 a.m. at all. It would be 7 a.m. In fact, when I finish at seven next week, it'll be... It'll be... Uh, it'll be eight. Will it, how will it be eight? It'll be six, won't it? Oh, I'm so confused. I tell you what, let's not bother. Let's not bother. I don't care. Whatever it is, everybody's telling me it's going to be a bit lighter. But, um, to be honest with you, I'm not really bothered. Okay, I'll worry about it a little bit later on. Uh, the world's that's right. The world's fattest bloke. Here he is. How much? Cool, oh, blummy. Weighs even more than I thought. I was being a conservative estimate at forty stone, seventy stone, seventy stone, and he needs a life-saving operation. Uh, it's a, it's going to cost twenty thousand pounds. He's got a compulsive eating disorder. I thought wiring up his jaws would have been quicker, but he actually he scoffs three takeaways a night. Three takeaway. I mean, well, I don't know how he thought. I suppose he must be on benefit. How else does it? Well, I don't know. Perhaps we're paying for it. Must be a limit there, mustn't there? Three because people. It's false economy eating takeaways. You know, you can eat much better at home for a lot less money. You do not need to eat take. People think, oh, it's it's cheap. I'll just go and get some chips or something like that. It's cheaper to do it at home. It's much cheaper to do it at home because let's face it. If you're buying chicken and burgers from some of these places, it's terrible quality. Terrible quality. Hundred thousand a year he costs us. Hundred thousand. He's, he's got this eating disorder. He's got a three foot wide wheelchair. His window has been taken out so they can get him in and out of his home. And they reckon they'll have to uh, get him out with a helicopter at, at cost to us because they, they can't get him out any other way. Carol Cooper, the son doctor, says it's horrifying that a man has eaten himself to this size. He's lucky to have another shot at life and incredibly lucky to be in a country where the NHS is in such a great state that it looks after him. Any other country, they'd have let him balloon and then go bang. 
they wouldn't have cared at all. Only over here, when we have these sort of, you know, fantastic operations. This one is going to be a, a gastric bypass. And for that, uh, what it does, it, and I've known people break these things, it limits your stomach size. You can't hold much food. But I've known people have their stomachs stapled and then they've burst the staples. I've known people who've had their jaws wired up and they've managed to get the food through it. It's, I mean, it does seem horrendous. If you're a thin person, listen, you probably, you probably look at people and think, how could you ever have let yourself get to that size? How is, how is it possible? And the answer is, if you live on a diet, and I've seen, you've all seen them. I see people on a regular basis eating fast food. In Kentucky, huge people eating chicken. And they weren't, we had somebody who emailed me ages ago and said that she could eat a party bucket by herself. A party bucket. I mean, you'd have to be some sort of sick person, mentally, as well as physically, to uh, to eat that. I forget how many portions. She could eat the 12-portion bucket. 12 portions of... Ch- God, I never... I mean, the, the, just the covering alone is enough to make you put on tens and tens of pounds, and it's not good for you. The strain on your heart is really, really bad. Oh, look, Kelly Brooks getting her boobs out. Oh, do you know, there's a picture of Kelly Brooks' boobs here. They look fake. They look too round. She said, I know, but they look fake. They look, they don't look, if you look at this picture here in the paper today, they look as if somebody's stuck them on. They don't, they look too, too the same. Which is very strange, because she's doing calendar girls. God knows why, she can't act for toffee, poor soul. I mean, she really can't. So perhaps perhaps they've limited the role, but Julie Goodyear is doing it. And she's 69. Jerry Hall did it before, and she's 53. 69. It's quite brave, isn't it? But something about Kelly Brooks' boobs. They, they look like they've just been sort of stuck on her body. Very strange. Uh, Cheryl Cole based her saucy X Factor outfit on a baddie from the kids' computer game. She's also been accused of being a hypocrite. Because you remember, she said to Candy Rain, don't wear outfits like that. We don't want to see revealing outfits. And she's wearing the same. A pair of trousers slashed open to her navel with tattoos all over the place. Oh, God, it was really quite awful. And uh, pitiful dancing. But as I say, Janet Jackson did this years and years ago. Years ago. Everybody's saying, uh, you know, not really so great. Jamie Shaw from One True Voice. No, I didn't know him either. But anyway, uh, they've asked him. He says, I thought her performance was poor. She looked nervous and lost on that big stage. With the higher notes, she strained a bit. She wasn't singing it. She was miming it. That's what... What's the matter with these people? You've only got to go onto YouTube and check it out, and you can you can see there. Robbie Williams, apparently... I told you, he's going to be on Anton Deck's Christmas show. <laughs> Naffo. Naffo. And, uh, and here's uh, Vicky Beckham, sort of arriving in town, flying... She, she was coming through London after flying in from Los Angeles, and, and to be honest, I don't know what she's wearing. At least she seems to have done away with the coat hanger shoulder pads. They looked a bit balmy the other week, didn't they? And I love the picture. It's a great picture. Oh, by the way, before I forget, the uh, the meerkat. They're bringing out 5,000 of them for Christmas. Harrods have got 2,000 of them. And he goes, simples. And that's all he does. I have to buy one. The trouble is, I've looked at the picture of them. I don't know where they've got them made. I'm assuming, let's say, for, for, for safety's sake, somewhere like Taiwan or China, because that's the place that makes all these things. He looks like a teddy bear with a slightly thinner face. It doesn't look like him. It really doesn't. Because meerkats are really, really skinny. I mean, they really are skinny. And this one, I've looked at the picture a few times, and it just... I shall show it to the producer when she comes in next time. But, you know, you look at Alexander, and he looks like a meerkat. This one... Just looks like a teddy bear. In fact, he's got a teddy bear sort of face. He's got his... It's just wrong. Doesn't look right to me. Doesn't look right at all. 
but uh, I'm sure people will snap them up because they're only making a few, and it is it will be the toy to have for Christmas because everybody will want one. I mean, I'd want one if it, if it looked more like a, a meerkat as opposed to looking like a teddy bear, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Christine Bleakley last night says that uh, Cheryl Cole was the darling of the nation. They were talking about people being given a second chance. And Adrian Charles says he didn't mind people miming. Uh, yes, I mean, everybody agrees Cheryl Cole is, is lovely looking. We know that the family's got a history of in and out of court. In fact, most of their appearances are in court. Cheryl, of course, has made an appearance in court as well. Uh, but she's not, you know, either, either do one thing or the other. You, I mean, the next thing, oh, I'll tell you what they said the other day, and I only thought, oh, cracky. Tess Daly's bringing out a makeup range. I mean, it's like Katie Bryce bringing out a makeup range, isn't it? I mean, you'd be thinking, who would want to look like that? Tess Daly's bringing out a makeup range. I don't know what colours it would be, actually, because do you think it'd be beige? She's a bit beige. A bit naff, I'm afraid. And uh, another one here says, uh, I was down, but as usual, you've lifted me up. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? You lift me up. Actually, I could be a, I could be a member of a boys' band. I could be the older member of the boys' band. Because you're going to get... I'm telling you, Boys Home will appear on The X Factor. They'll be singing a tribute to Stephen Gately's. We told you yesterday, the album, which is not scheduled till next year, will be out. I'm telling you, they'll bring it out as quick as possible. I don't want to be cynical about it, but I'm thinking that's what they'll do. Because otherwise, people will sort of forget. It'll be out in time for Christmas. Otherwise, people will forget. By this time next year, people are going, Stephen Gately... Oh, yes, he died, didn't he, Stephen Gately? And that's, that's when it will sink in. Well, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day, and he said, he said, it didn't actually sort of hit me until you said he doesn't exist anymore. That's the odd thing, because he was cremated. One minute he's here, he's a living, breathing person, and the next minute, nothing. Absolutely not. He doesn't not exist. It's odd, isn't it? The more you think about it, the more, the more bizarre it, uh, it is. Oh, I've got to have my swine flu jab next, uh, next week. I don't really fancy it. I feel like a pincushion at the moment. But uh, I'm going to have to have it. A devout Christian got an asbo for waking up her neighbours reciting the Lord's Prayer at 3am. How loud was she doing it then? Apparently, Martina Rabbis knelt for super loud prayers in her flat blocks commune area each morning. Oh, right, she was in the commune And then she was ringing on the doorbells and saying to people she's doing the Lord's... And you think, oh, no, she's, she's a, bit, uh, a bit cracked. Anyway, she's got a two-year asbo. And she said afterwards, this is unjust. No, dear, you're mad as a brush, I'm afraid. You don't go knocking on people's doors, reciting the... Do it in your own flat, that's fine, nobody cares. But you don't, you don't go... No- I'm just going to do it. Our father would... Ch- Our f- Hello? You just don't do it, do you, really? It's not, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. So she'd be given an asbo. So quite clearly the, the judge thought that was OK. And, uh, Steve, on the subject of Katie's makeup artist, have you noticed his partner is turning up as part of the team on the new series of 60 Minute Makeover? Oh, God, how dreary. They, they can't get arrested, these two, which is, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Amy Winehouse has got new boobs. That's nice. 35,000 quid. How much that works out each. I don't know what they're made of, actually. They must be made of something, mustn't they? But, uh, she was revealing, so she's gone from a 32B to 32D. I would have thought a head transplant would have been more, more in keeping. I mean, she's not exactly the most attractive thing I've ever seen. I mean, she does look a bit ravaged, so apparently she's had this, this boob job. Makes her feel better. People do have them, though, don't they? Boob, boob jobs make you feel... You never get blokes going, I think I'll have a willy extension. You know, make me feel a bit better about that. It doesn't happen. Blokes don't think I'll have that. I did meet a man once who had had pectoral implants, and he'd had everything done. He'd had a facelift, he'd had a hair transplant, and he just looked peculiar. 
He didn't look normal. Anybody who's had surgery, if they've had a lot of surgery, they end up looking a bit barking. You know, they've, they've got that sort of, ooh, starey look. And, they, and they, it just doesn't look right. You've got to know when to stop. And, uh, oh, Leila Rua sobbed. Another bust-up with Tony Beak. Another one. I mean, it really isn't good enough, is it? This is... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's LBC 97.3. It's 28 minutes to six. Come on, come on, come on. Up, 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 up. Out, out. Shower, shower. Quickly, quickly. Strip wash, strip wash. Toast, quick run. There's this advert on the television. It's driving me mad. It's a bloke who sort of has his breakfast in the morning, but he just grabs the toast from his mum and then leaps over the garden wall. And I'm thinking, nobody does that. Your mother would go, oi, come back. Sit down at the table. Eat properly. Otherwise you get indigestion. So he grabs it. Thanks, Mum, and runs out the door. You think, oh, no, 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 no. Back in. Come on, sit down at the table. OK, now, do you want peanut butter or Marmite? You know, he just grabs it and then leaps over. So I, I, Thomas, I can't do things like that. There's no point in embarrassing yourself trying to leap over the garden wall because you know that you're going to trip... I trip over the stairs going back up. So, I mean, I'm that, that clumsy, I'm afraid. So anyway, back to uh, Tony Beak, uh, because that's his name. And uh, he's upset Layla again. They got, uh, do you know, he, he drives me mad. I've said before, this man was always an idiot, always a buffoon, and he shows no remorse whatsoever. No remorse whatsoever about the language he uses and the fact that, you know, people just don't want to see him on te- If you lost him off television, there'd be no loss at all. Get him off hole in the wall. Just get rid of him. Anyway, he, he then made some sexist joke. He obviously really rates himself. That's the trouble with Tony Beak. He obviously really thinks that he's sort of a ladies' man, whereas I've always said he looks like the kind of man who tucks his vest into his pants. You know, so when he bends over, you see the top of his pants, like sort of an old man kind of thing, you know what I mean? Where you get to see the pants and the vest going in. You can just imagine, can't you? He's that sort of person. Ignorant, you know, just you know, just by the language. Ignorant, I'm afraid. But anyway, he, he made um, a comment about her, her chest... And said, I, I'd pop the frock on back to front, we can all have a lovely time. Apparently she was a bit upset by that as well. And so Bruce had to say he's a fool. Uh, and even uh, Toss Daly says, Anton, behave, please. We you know what she's like. Anton, behave. Done in a northern accent from Bolton. And she's very wooden, isn't she, Tess Daly? I mean, it's, the trouble is you look at her. Whereas Cheryl Cole is coiffured and makeup and everything else, they do it to Tess Daly. And she just looks like a girl from Bolton who's wearing a rather expensive piece of hair straightening equipment. I don't, she doesn't look right, does she? They're, they're obviously trying to develop a personality. Like yesterday, when, when we said, you know, her and uh, Vernon might move to America, we, you couldn't, you know, we were on the phone straight away to John Warrington. You know, book them a flight. One way. One way. What was Whitney's performance all about? I've no idea. I mean, another one. She's doing the O2. And to be honest with you, based on her appearance on X Factor, I wouldn't be booking. I, would not be, I wouldn't be booking for the, for the Nolans either. I definitely wouldn't. And uh, X Factor loser, Ricky Loney. He's been on before, Ricky Loney. He's just... He was on the television yesterday. He's very camp. He's, he's quite a camp little guy. And um, he says he felt like he was mentoring her. She was so nervous for her performance, they had to look after her. She's a bit needy, isn't she, I'm afraid? A little bit needy. So perhaps it's... No, 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 Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> He said she was so terrified, she kept saying, I can't believe how nervous I am. And we kept reassuring her. And anyway, she gives me the wrong song. Because actually, Ricky, I don't know whether or not you've appreciated this, they're not really mentoring you at all. They're just there. It's a programme. It's a pro- She hasn't got the faintest idea what she's doing. 
Somebody just says, sit there, and the camera's going to focus on your lovely free dress. And you just sit there and go, and I'm going to be mentoring you because you're great. And Louis Walsh will be saying to all of them, you made that song your own. You're a star. And I'm thinking... No, no, you're not, I'm afraid. <laughs> Absolutely not. If, if he had his way, you'd be wearing a dark suit, sitting on a stool and singing songs his mother likes. That's the kind of thing Louis would have done. Anything, I mean, I remember, was it, was it Boy's Own or Westlife? They actually did Uptown Girl. And it was the funniest thing ever, because it was the first time they'd actually done something fairly upmarket and sort of up-tempo. And they just looked a bit like, you should be sitting there singing about... You know, My Mother's Eyes or Mandy or something like that. Dreadful, isn't it? Uh, Having lost eight stone in a year, says Stephen on the M25, enjoying the show but hating the motorway. Uh, I must agree, exercise was the thing. Eating is easy. Swimming at 6.30 is hard but worth it. It's true. I've said you can eat as much as you like, provided you exercise. It's a simple... It doesn't matter what it is. If it's walking, if you're elderly and you think, oh, my joints are, you know... you know seizing up and all this just a little bit of exercise a little bit of exercise would go i've got no simple no sympathy whatsoever for fat people who do not exercise if you've got a genuine illness fair enough but unfortunately a lot of fat people i'm afraid you know just eat the wrong food they don't eat vegetables they eat fried stuff you've only got to look at all these shops and they shake the fat off and you think it's, it's just wrong. You know, bread rolls in the morning. People go, oh, I'll just grab a bacon butty or something. No, have the bacon by all means if it's grilled. Unless you're vegetarian, in which case don't have the, that, you know, just have the bread roll then. You know, perhaps with some tomato ketchup or something. But it's, it's, it's nobody ever said it was easy. I hate people who sit and whinge about, oh, I can't lose the weight. It's all right for you. You know, you get exercise. Anybody can get exercise. Even sitting on the, on the couch, you can do exercise. Sitting in your car, you can do exercise. Sitting on the bus... What are you going to do is raise your hand up to push the bell. Put your hand down, raise your hand up, push the bell. Don't actually push the bell, otherwise the driver gets very annoyed. Nothing worse is that you get a load of kids on the bus and somebody dings the bell. The next thing, about 300 people all dinging the bell. Bing, 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 bing. Drives me mad. So that, that's exercise. Lift a leg off the ground. No excuse for it. If you want to be a fat lardy and die early, that's your problem. But frankly, I'm keeping people fit. You know, even Hugh Broom, I'm trying to get him to do a little bit of exercise. Just anything. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are actually training. He, 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 he won't do the swimming bit with me at the moment. I think he is embarrassed. No, no, it's the other way round. <laughs> I'm jogging by the car. He's actually driving the tractor. And I'm sort of... He's got a megaphone. Carl, Stu, you could do it. He's like that. But the trouble is, I want to take him swimming. Uh, but he's only got a very old woolen swimming costume, which his mother knitted for him some years ago. <laughs> his armbands don't inflate anymore. Do you know they say, <sighs> you think, as if they're going to keep you afloat. Do you remember, they, you go to school and they go, OK, we're going to learn swimming, here's a polystyrene float. And you start picking pieces off it. So the time you get in the water, you're surrounded by bits of polystyrene and you sink like a... St- Hugh's a bit like that. He used to have fluorescent armbands with his name on. Hugh Broom, HB, made him look like a pencil. And, uh, and he'd be sort of swimming. The trouble is he doesn't do crawl. He does breaststroke. And it's, it's a little bit difficult when you're doing the relay race with him, because I'm, like, crawling, your head in the water and up to one side and breathing. Well, he, 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 well I mean, he did doggy paddle when he started, but uh, unfortunately he tended to find that he sunk right to the bottom of the pool fairly quickly, because there's a lot of him. 
You know, even, even the Dead Sea had its work cut out when he went over there on holiday once. And most people float about on that. Not Hugh. Down like the proverbial, we've tied bricks to him. And off he goes, poor soul. Uh, happy birthday to the Simpsons. You're going to see Marge naked. In the, please, God, no. Tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. But she's actually going to be. And, I mean, I know it's only a drawing. We do like the Simpsons. I never got into it. I've interviewed most of the cast. Uh, but I never quite got into it. And a friend of mine, Darren, used to say, oh, you know, The Simpsons, it's great, it's funny, it's... And I just, I watched it, and I thought, I can't get excited by cartoons. I don't know why. They just, they just do not do it for me at all, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. I know some people... I mean, Tom and Jerry, yeah, I can understand Tom and Jerry. But The Simpsons, and what was the other one? Family Guy. I've never, I've only ever seen one episode. Didn't understand it at all. Uh, Noreen, can you wish Peter a great holiday? Another massive fan. Uh, Alan, as you know, not in this morning. Love the pictures of the presenters' favourite spots. I thought you might have had all the M&Ss in London. Thank you. <laughs> well, as I say, after James O'Brien's restaurant in there. Spent a lot of money at London Colney. Godson's children's Christmas prezzies and birthday prezzies. Have the birthday party very soon. Hopefully they won't sing happy birthday like they did you at Nathan's party. Yes. He said about that, the better, I think. Lee said about that, the better. Uh, also coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, and uh, Cindy Jackson, uh, named in the Guinness Book of Records for ten years running as the world's most cosmetically enhanced woman. You have to see what she looks like. It's not... It's put this way, it does look like cosmetically enhanced. And she's in this morning because she's the face of the strawberry, a new state-of-the-art cold laser machine. What's that mean? I don't think you should let anything like this near your skin at all. Cold lasering. It's just not, not, not the best thing, I think. I think, you know, beauty comes from within. Sorry, I've just thought of a very funny joke when I can't, uh, I can't mention it on the programme this morning, so I won't. I won't. Do you know what they're thinking of banning? They're thinking of banning school trips abroad for the kids. You know, you used to look forward to your trip to Ostend or Bruges or wherever else. We used to go to some balmy places or skiing or whatever it was. And they're now saying that, um... If there are parents over there, they want them to face anti-paedophile checking uh, and vetting, because at the moment it isn't actually done. And so they're going to have criminal checks on school exchange families. Imagine, we've now got so paranoid over everything, and yet it happens so rarely that even parents who look after children... I mean, it's, it's now got so stupid that you cannot take somebody else's children to school unless you've been vetted. So, in other words, you go, I'll tell you what, I'll just give you a lift into... No, can't do that, because you might have a history. So they're not going to, to let you do it. I mean, it's just gone so stupid now. It really has. It's, it's just absolutely balmy. I, I don't agree with parents taking kids to school. I've, I've been anti that for a long, long time. I've always said, make them get... I'm not surprised they arrive at school and they don't bother learning. You know, you get, you get letters from young people now, and frankly, they can't spell for toffee, they've got no idea of punctuation, nothing at all. And it's because they arrive at school, they've, been, they've, they've sort of got up in the morning, they haven't bothered to have a shower, which wakes you up, they just put, put the school clothes on, and get in the back of the car, and then mummy drives them through the traffic, and they drop them off, and, and they get there, and they're still half asleep. Whereas if you got the bus, and you had to get up and fight your way through the rain and all the rest of it, then you might be more awake when you get to school. Uh, Alison says, clocks go back in autumn. Therefore, once this has happened, when you start the show at five, normally it would have been six. And when you finish at seven, it would have been eight. Right, OK. That would have been seven. And eight. Oh, I was going to show you... Oh, where do I... Did I... Was it the sun? So that's that man who's 70 stone. Oh, Look. Oh, no! See? They don't... They just... 
They just don't look like that, do they? She's holding them in a. Is she holding them up? Yeah. But they just—they look a bit she's funny. Got those, well, she's got some cake stuck to them. That's well, probably why they look. Oh, sorry. Up. I thought that was her breasts. <laughs> no idea. I thought she just painted them. But it does look funny. So she's lifted them up. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, there Learn you go. something new every day. Always <laughs> fascinating on this program. So Alison said the pain with winter is it will now be darker earlier because six p.m. will really be seven p.m. Right. <laughs> I was shopping, says Annie, yesterday, and saw the calendar of Cliff Richard. Did you have the same photographer when you were in Egypt? <laughs> and I wanted to strangle Johnny and Lisa yesterday, she says, because we spent three of us on the phone and computer trying to buy tickets for the Jingle Bell Ball. We didn't even get through. I know. They sold out so far. In fact, there was one Jingle Bell Ball. Now there's the second one, and the tickets went like that. You know, it's just... I mean, what can I tell you? We were actually offered... Even I couldn't get through. The worst bit, she said, was telling the girls after school. Still, they got over it when I told them we're all going to see Hairspray instead. That's not is it. Saw a programme on Sky called Let It Snow. I've actually got um, a video... or Not on DVD, I've got two. One is snowing, and you put it on your television, and it's got a picture of a window, and it just snows... It's a bit dull and unexciting, I know, but it, it looks quite pretty. And the other one is just of a fire. They filmed a fire. And that's quite nice, actually. I've got an aquarium, too, I've just remembered. And the aquarium, the fish swim about all over the place. That's very pretty. So your television becomes an aquarium. But the fire one is actually a fire that they filmed, and then it just burns down. It lasts about, you know, two hours, I think, or something like that. I agree, says Annie, with you. Rachel will win the X Factor. Oh, I do hope so. I really do hope so. Quarter to six is the time. News headlines, it's emerged managers at two London prisons swapped difficult inmates during inspections to keep them away from officials. Five senior members of staff at Wandsworth and Pentonville jails now face disciplinary action. A new report suggests a second wave of swine flu could cause rates of MRSA to rise in hospitals across Britain. And doctors are trying to find a way to safely move the world's heaviest man, 150 miles from his home in Ipswich, to Chichester for life-saving treatment. Paul Mason weighs 70 stone. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, if... if you have a look at the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, then you can have a look at all the... Places around London which the presenters have nominated as being their favourite places. Mine are quite bizarre, it has to be said. Actually, I, th- I think two of them you'll want to go on, because you know I like the history of London. I'm fascinated by the history and underground and anything that's underground, and they go, look, this is here. And uh, I won't tell you what mine are. One is in Twickenham, but uh, we're probably going to change that for something else. But the, uh, the other two are things which you can go and see. And I think it's well worth it. There's just so much history in the capital. Paul says, just to let you know, Steve, our next-door neighbours have put up their Christmas wreath on the door. By the way, the other week when people mentioned Christmas cards being on sale, when I worked for a large newsagent in St Anne's, just out of Blackpool, we always had ours out last week of July. And if you remember on Sunday, I mentioned to you the report in the News of the World that ITV were treating us to an audience with Susan Boyle as the major Christmas show... Have you heard any more about it so I can arrange to be out? Oh, I thought it was a joke. I didn't realise it was serious that they could put it on an audience with... Su- There'll be subtitles, won't there? There'll be subtitles. Would you be interested? Answer, no, I wouldn't be interested in an audience with, uh, with Susan Boyle. Absolutely not at all. Uh, Sam says, to clear it up for you, Steve, it will stay lighter for longer in the evening and darker for longer in the morning. Lovely. OK. 
Uh, Brian says, I've made it to 63 today. Iris and I will do some wine tasting later. <laughs> 84850, uk, And um, a lot of fat people writing in, well, just one, uh, saying, I can't lose weight. I like stuffing my face with fat things. That's why you're fat. That's why you're going to be fat for a long, long time. It's only exercise that gets you off. And all these people are going, oh, I'm fat. I can't lose weight. Too lardy. Of course you can. Uh, They've got a bit, the star stampede is to write a novel like Jordan, which of course is quite hilarious because Jordan never wrote a novel. She's never never written anything. She doesn't know any big word, but if it's got more than four letters in, it's a huge word and probably the kind of thing you'd use in university. But Martine McCutcheon's got one now, and uh, we'll be talking to her about that. They've all done it. Colleen Nolan's attempted to write something, but frankly, with trousers like that, dear, you should have been sectioned years ago. And uh, they reckon that celebrity novels shift 100,000 copies. It's not bad, is it? 100,000, compared with less than 1,000 for the average literary novel. And it's amazing, isn't it, that people buy Jordan's book. There was a girl in the office reading it. Charlie was reading Jordan's book. Charlie was reading Jordan's... She went, I know you're going to pull me apart for this, she said, but it is trash. I said, but she never wrote it. That's the trouble. I can understand if she'd written the blooming thing. But uh, as Jordan, as I say, can barely string two words together, spend most of her time sticking fake hair in. That's, that's about it. Well done to... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. We like Daniel Radcliffe, you know. It's something I like about him. But he's building a property empire, so good for him. He's quite clearly learnt that this business is very fickle. So, in other words, when you actually get uh, get money, you put it into property. Not here. He's actually put it in property in New York. And he's now got three properties, uh, the latest being a £3.8 million townhouse, which actually, in American terms, is not a lot... I was looking at some luxury houses. I think Sotheby's Worldwide or Sotheby's something. They do houses in New York and flats where they start. You, you, you can find a flat over there on Fifth Avenue for 65 million, 72 million for flats. And you think, what sort of people have got this sort of money? The answer, crooks. They've got loads of money and they put it into... Pro- I mean, you can't imagine having that much money, can you? Do you think you get a mortgage? You know, I'd like a mortgage, please. Well, how, how much is the property? £72 million. And I'm willing to put down £1,000, you know, if, that's a, if you can just finance the rest of it. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I've often worried about it. My brother used to tell me years ago, because he, he knows all about mortgages, he says, always go for, uh, for whatever you can, the most you can get. And, and I, I followed that advice years and years ago, and I thought it wasn't, wasn't with a, a property, but it was with a, a car. And I only did it the twice in my life. I bought a car on payments. You know, you put down a deposit and then they go, it's £247 a month or whatever it is. And I just secured another job and it was working for BSB when BSB first opened. And, and I got the job news reading in a Hawaiian shirt, don't ask, uh, into the news chat. Don't, don't even go there. It's too embarrassing. Probably not YouTube. No, luckily still only on video in my place and it's staying that way. And, um, and I thought with the extra money coming in, I can afford to take the car. So I took out three years' higher purchase agreement. Three years. Now, believe you me, £247 a month over three years. For the first few months, it's fine. And then gradually it becomes... You think, is this one never-ending? Is it never, ever-ending? And within the year, BSB had been taken over by Sky, so it became B-Sky-B, and uh, and we'd all been made redundant. So I was stuck with two years and a bit of HP on a Fiat, whatever it was, a Fiat Tipo, I think, 
which I bought from a, a place in Baker Street. £247 a month. <gasps> I learnt my lesson well. Next time I bought a car, I paid cash. Much better. Unless it's 0% interest, you know, in which case then it's a, it's a fairly good deal. But the rest of the time, just madness. Uh, incidentally, if you're going out today, take, uh, take your umbrella, but make sure you've got a gust buster, because the wind will become very blustery today. Uh, light showers by early afternoon becoming heavier and more widespread later. The high today, 12 degrees. Currently it's 6, so it's a bit chilly. Tonight, cloudy and windy. Outbreaks of rain, some heavy. Tomorrow, cloudy. More outbreaks of rain, some heavy and prolonged, feeling mild, high of 15 degrees. And Thursday, dry, bright and breezy. Friday, a mix of light rain and sunny spells. Saturday, mostly cloudy but dry in the morning. Heavy rain and gusty winds later. So it's umbrella time this week. Take your brolly with you everywhere. As I say, make sure it's one of those ones that doesn't blow inside out. Dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve at and uh, says, uh, oh, this is uh, about uh, magic, actually. I've got a, um, a magic event to mention to you. Uh, Adrian, actually, I put down a one... Oh, I can't tell you, actually, because it, it's going to be changed. You know that Lionel Blair is doing kind of an audience with programme, and this is on at the uh, New End Theatre from Sunday the 13th of December to mark 60 years in the business. Uh, Lionel is doing a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the world of... Uh, me and My Shadow, working with the Beatles, Sammy Davis Jr., Ella Fitzgerald, Liza Minnelli and many others. Plus, give us a clue, Rocky Horror Show, Child Catcher and the host of Simply Ballroom on the national tour. Plus being in Crossroads and loads of other things. So Lionel Blair at the New End Theatre. And that's from the 13th of December for a limited season. It'll be good, I promise you. You'd be amazed, actually, at what uh, he's done. I, I told you I bought a film some time ago. The World of Su- Was it The World of Susie Wong? Yeah, which is a really good film about uh, an Englishman or an American over in New York befriending Susie Wong, who turned out to be a good time girl. And uh, Susie Wong, really nice. And Lionel Blair pops up, and I had to watch it twice to find him. And yet he's got such a big part in it, it's just that you don't recognise him as Lionel Blair. Uh, Margaret says, I thought of you today. I had to send my Christmas card to the UK to try and beat the strike. I ask you, she says. Christmas cards in October. Ha! Oh, and the winning bid... I promised to tell you this on Sunday, but I'll tell you now, because people always write in to me and they phone, and they say, Steve, when you did the How Low on Sunday, what was the winning bid? And this was for the Dell computer. For the Dell computer. OK. And uh, how, how, how much money did it go for? I can tell you it went for 60 pence. 60 pence. That's all it went for. I've said before that uh, these, com- these computers and most of the, uh, the lovely prizes we have on my How Low on Sunday go for absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. They never go... People go, oh, do you think it'll go for three or four pounds? I said, it'll never go for three or four pounds. All you were looking for was a unique bid and nobody else apart from one person thought of 60p. So in other words, all the bids underneath that people doubled up on and yet 60 pence got a person a lovely Dell computer. So we'll probably do it again this coming Sunday. So we'll, we'll see what we've got for you then, as they say. Uh, Daily Mirror, somebody called Alison on her, her return to Corrie. And I, and I looked at this person, and to be honest, I've got... Is it Alison King? I don't even know who she is. I looked at... I know she was in Corrie. She says, here, I'm back, but a bit blobbier. And she's back as Carla, Carla Gordon. And I don't even remember her. I have no idea who she is. I looked at the picture. It means... Nothing to me. She was in Corrie. How long ago was she in Corrie? 
Oh, she went on maternity leave. All right. All right. Well, uh, well t- to be honest with you, she left no impact on me whatsoever. Why this warrants a double page going back in, I can't imagine. Very po- well, I've never even heard of her. How can she be popular? If I haven't heard of her, she can't be that popular. It's not possible. Sue Carroll says, Good to see Cheryl Cole carrying on the Girls Aloud tradition of dancing on stage with lung-busting enthusiasm. I think Sue Carroll watched the same programme. There was no lung-busting enthusiasm. It was one of the lamest dances I've ever seen. Mind you, by Sue Carroll's standards, it's probably quite lung-busting. She says here, while looking staggeringly lovely and reaching every note without sounding breathless. Because she was miming. I mean, I can't believe that Sue Carroll is this dim. Surely not. She says here, Geordie Lassie's a bloody magic. Because they're like that, I know. But uh, also wearing a most peculiar-looking outfit. But, uh, no, she was miming, dear. She sang the first bit when she came out, the first verse, and then the rest of it was mimed. You can hear the difference. Just go to YouTube. Why on earth would you think she was singing live? I don't know. I don't know. Don't trust the High Street Fertility Kit, doctors have said. Now calling it a futility test. This is uh, women not relying on fertility tests from shops to predict how long they have left to start a family. People get so panicky, don't they, nowadays? We start a family and... Think, oh, I don't know, should we start a family now? And then you get pregnant, and oh, it's exhausting, and oh, we're going to be awake all night, and then oh, I can't afford to do this, and I'll mix up baby food, I just want to go on holiday, wish we'd never had the blasted thing. You know, and that's what, and then they go on the Jeremy Kyle show. And then we sit there and laugh and point and go, oh, very odd. Uh, the Tories are going to try and sneak through a bid to overturn the hunting ban, despite massive opposition. Well, I mean, that will be. Middle England will be up in arms over that one. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 84850. We'll do some more. Uh, also, not only did Ludovic Kennedy die the other day, but Michael Shea, the Queen's press officer. Details after the news on LBC. Right, his second pit in this two-stop strategy. I hear you. Morning, everybody. Gold, gold outside. Put something warm on, and later on the rain. I think we'll have snow this year. Do you remember when it came down? Do you know, I still remember last year, you know, when the snow... And I took photographs of because I love snow. I could quite happily... If I won the lottery, I've always said, for Christmas, it would snow. I'd bring in a snow machine, and it would just knock bits of cut-up paper. This would be proper snow, proper snow. And, and I remember looking out the window here, and everything looked so bright and clean. And it looked fantastic. And everybody else is going, it's horrible. I mean, I agree. You know, the stand-up, fall-down syndrome was me all the way over the place. You know, you walk down, you think, there's going to be ice under this pavement, isn't it? And I'm going to fall over. And you try and look graceful as you're going down, and everybody else is going... I just ignore you. Uh, Steve, says Martin, whilst I completely understand some of the article uh, that Jan Moyer has written, I cannot help but feel compelled by her lack of ignorance. Um, it's a bad time to be releasing an article, not just for the fans, but mostly for friends and family. Stephen's not here for right of reply, so it's defamation of character. Trouble is, you can't defame somebody who's dead. That's the trouble. You can say anything you like about somebody who's dead. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought it was very bad timing before the funeral. What's happened, though, is the, is the build-up of, uh, of the internet. Do you remember when we had that thing about, was it Babington we were talking about, and saying, oh, we're never going to feature it on the news here, and then somebody put that on, L, on, a, on a website, because we couldn't understand why all of a sudden I was getting bombarded with emails from people saying, you know, after your, your comments on Babington, or whatever it was, I think it was squash or something like that, which, of course, I didn't say. So I then knew, and we then traced it back, and we threatened the person with legal action for defamation of character, because they were saying I'd said something which I hadn't said. So that, that was the difference. It can build up. So now all these, 
art, these, uh, these websites have now put a link on to the Press Complaints Commission, and they've had 23,000. I think, actually, I don't think she's broken any, any laws. I think it was... I think it was insensitive. I think it was badly timed, and I think she's got perhaps some strange views on what she thinks people get up to. But uh, but to be quite on- honest, you know, for sort of friends and family, for his family especially, for his family especially, they don't want to read that kind of stuff. You know, I remember after the Sun printed all the rubbish about Hillsborough, people up in Liverpool stopped buying the Sun, and it affected them so bad they had to do a public apology. But there are still people up in Liverpool, they will never buy the Sun newspaper ever again. And, uh, and I think she might have alienated a lot, a lot of people, I'm afraid. Joe and Pat, where'd you get the energy to sound so cheerful at this hour? And, um, what is the answer? Going to bed early. Going to bed early means that you, um, <laughs> you sound cheerful. And also, why not be cheerful? What's the point? How, imagine how awful it is. How awful it is if you sort of wake up and go, oh, morning. I know, traditionally, it's supposed to be people on the radio, isn't it, who, who do the early morning shows who are supposed to sound, Ooh. I love this one here. He says, uh, me and my mates are in a band called Duvet. We're a cover band. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. And uh, I make a million pounds a month cleaning windows. I invented Norris, Norton Antivirus. Thank you for the old gags, Joe and Pat. All the way over in Cork. Do you know, one of these days, being, being a St. Patrick's Day baby, I'm going to make it over to Ireland. I keep meaning to, I keep meaning to go. People say, come on, come over to Ireland, come over to Ireland, come over to... And I never, never get round to it. Never get round to it. I, I will one day, I promise you. Uh, Mike says, I've just had a look at your presenter's pictures on the website. I loved your choice for the first one even more so, as I used to work at the place in question in the early 90s. You'd be interested to know that that was the place where all the below-stairs staff used to park their motorbikes. Loving the show, you seem to be having a calming effect on my nine-month-old French Mastiff. She sits respectfully whilst listening to your show that goes a, a tad manic when Mr Ferrari comes on at seven. <laughs> so there you go. I'm a bit worried about what a French Mastiff is. It sounds big. It sounds big to me. Yes, I mentioned uh, yesterday Ludovic Kennedy died. I interviewed Ludovic or Ludo, many, many years ago. Many more years than I care to remember. And then Michael Shea died. Michael Shea was the former press secretary for the Queen. And he was the man who fielded all the questions, and legendary, I think. Nick will certainly know of uh, Michael Shea. 71, he was. Uh, he was also in office when Anthony Blunt was stripped of his knighthood. Remember Anthony Blunt, the, the traitor? And a palace spokesman said of Mr Shea's death, the Queen is saddened, which actually, by royal family... Uh, standards is actually quite, quite, quite something, because they don't normally make any comment at all, I'm afraid. Um, Stuart says, make the fat man walk from Ipswich to Chichester. That will either get some weight off him or kill him. A winner either way. The trouble is, it's 70 stone, this man is. 70 stone. I mean, I cannot imagine what 70 stone must be. I looked at the picture, but I don't think you get any indication until you actually saw him in, um, in real life. But, I mean, that's just, that's... More than clinically obese. Uh, Paul O'Grady's doing Panto at Wimbledon this year, two shows a day. He's only doing it for a week. He's splitting it with Pamela Anderson. So they've got two sort of headlines. He's doing a week, she's doing a week. Uh, Brian in Hampton Hill, will you be switching on the Christmas lights in Twickenham? Or will it be Regent Street or Trafalgar Square? Now, I'm, I'm looking further afield, I think, now. <laughs> further afield, which would be nice. And, uh, and Janice says, I've banned myself from watching The X Factor. So lacklustre. Any news of the naked man? Do you know, strangely enough, I've just looked out the window and there he is. 
Look at that. How funny is that? I can't... I think he's... I think he's wearing a T-shirt. It's obviously word has filtered back to him. But, uh, you know, if you stand there naked in your kitchen frying eggs, A, it's very dangerous, and B, the radio station opposite is looking and laughing. Although, OK, the window above, we've now got to... She's a bit worried by the window above. I think they're winding around. I think it's like Home Alone where he's actually got this cardboard cutout that sort of wanders round on a train. And, uh, and she's now saying, no, it's somebody rocking backwards and forwards, which they, they were there by themselves. Now they've got a friend. Is the friend rocking backwards and forwards? You don't think maybe it's... You don't think you're looking at a hobby horse, do you, or something like that, like a rocking horse? It's, it's definitely two people. She's got quite panicky over this one. Quite panicky over it. It's amazing, actually, how much... How much Action you can get out of this window first thing in the morning. I didn't realise. It wasn't until I walked in this morning as well. You can actually watch the, the guy on air on Capital as you walk in. Uh, you look up to the front door and two up. I think we should have our, our, our sort of studios open so people can stand opposite and wave and then text in and go, I'm, I'm opposite. And then we, we could wave back, kind of, you know, in a strange sort of way. Um, Steve, I really did think Cheryl was singing live, but I thought, poor thing, she sounds so weak. It would have been less cringe-making if she hadn't, said Sue in Streatham. Yeah, she sang the first bit live, and uh, and the second bit was, was Memorex. James wants to know if the naked man is cute. That's difficult to tell from this far away, actually, and I think the answer is probably no. Probably no. I mean, put it way, we, we don't like to actually look too much. It just sort of, it sort of provided entertainment for us, just for a brief moment. Uh, it's 6.15. New set lines, Matthew Schofield. Five senior managers at Wandsworth and Pentonville. Morning, everybody. Chilly morning. Come on, wrap up warm. If you don't have to go to work today, then it's a, a blessing in disguise. Just tea and toast in bed, which is lovely, isn't it? Tea and peanut butter. On to- People love peanut butter. And then they go crunchy or smooth. Like, one of these days they'll bring out crunchy marmite and we'll all be arguing over crunchy marmite, I should imagine. Uh, I didn't see Stella yesterday. I noticed the Riverside Cafe was closed. Obviously another extended holiday. I don't know, her and Tony and the boy. Dear me. Anyway, at least you get a good fry-up, which is good news. I did mention the other day, if you've not had a flu jab, get your flu jab done. I think it's going to be a pretty chilly winter this year. If you're over 65, I think, or in one of the at-risk categories, you get it free and just go into your doctor's surgery. But there's all sorts of uh, places do it. A lot of independent chemists. My chemist in Twickenham Goods do it and uh, loads of other places. So go and get your flu jab. It only takes a minute. It only takes a minute and it, it could save a life. Uh, Russell... Says, I heard you really enjoy magic. Gee, I dreamt about magic last night. I dreamt. Don't ask me why. Uh, I'm putting on a terrific conjuring show. Conjuring. On the 29th of October. Uh, this is at the lovely Drayton Court. It's by West Ealing Station. And uh, you can have a drink. And it's a Halloween special. They've got uh, Christian Lee, Mark Shortland and Piff the Magic Dragon. Probably a joke there somewhere. So Conjuring at the Court, as you know, it's this new monthly show, but this month it's Halloween special. All the details are on their website, which is www.conjuringatthecourt.com. Seems fairly simple, doesn't it? So if you like magic, tickets are only eight quid, and uh, you can get drinks and all sorts of things up there, and you get to see some good magic. OK, so conjuringatthecourt.com for all those aficionados of the art. Uh, Daily Star this morning... Uh, Jensen Button has now put his uh, Playboy days behind him. Wasn't aware he had any Playboy days, actually. Well, they, they, I hope they're not trying to make him into something he's not, really. Uh, Samir Smith has given birth to a daughter. She's 27. Her husband, uh, Matt, have named her Freya. 
Freya Smith. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... Freya's OK as a name, isn't it? It means Friday. Don't... Friday Smith. Why don't they call it Friday, then? Where's it come from? Is it Greek or something? Is it sort of... Yeah, very nice. How do you know, then? It's, it's, it means Friday. You're just one of those stupid things you know. Is it? All right, OK. Uh, I mentioned about the uh, Alexander toy, and I was, I was going to... I have had a look in the paper. Uh, he just says, simples. Uh, it's, it's 20 quid, 1995. But as I said, I've, I've looked, and the one that they've got in the paper, he just looks like a slightly thinner teddy bear, but not thin enough to be Alexander, I'm afraid, because I'm quite good at these sort of things. Why did um, Cheryl Cole copious says uh, Coco. Coco was one of the girls in Candy Rain who were dropped... You remember, because they were too sexy. Although, frankly, I mean, they look like they've been around the block a few times, as far as I was concerned. They really, you know, I, I just don't go with things. That, we used to be strippers. Oh, quite a normal job, go Simon Cole. Not, not Simon Cole, Simon Cowell. Simon Cole. <laughs> and uh, it's an amalgamation of two people. And uh, actually, he pro- probably wishes he's married, Cheryl, I would think. Because she's, she's moved, as I say, from wrong side of the tracks to right side of the tracks. So Coco... I mean, nobody's seriously called Coco, are they? I mean, really, in this day and age. And, uh, and she was there. But as I say, most, most strippers, you see them out in daylight, and they do look a bit rough. That's why they work in clubs which are half-dark. Because even I can look good in the half-dark. Uh, Marge Simpson stripping off for Playboy in The Simpsons. And uh, all the good news is that uh, Paul Russell has uh, just been jailed. You remember Paul Russell, don't you? No, I didn't think you did. He's a builder who bought a Porsche with benefits. And so he was uh, claiming income support for six years, even though he was earning 60 grand a year. Obviously not a very successful builder. And uh, he used the £23,000 in state cash to buy the sports car. That was at Sheffield Crown Court, so they've, uh, they've imprisoned him. Goodness for that. Can we have a bit more of this short, sharp shock treatment? Because it goes on. Every time I open up the papers, there's another person who's been, you know, cheating the benefit system. I think you should go round to their house and take everything away that they've got. You just go, well, can you prove that this, this wasn't bought with, with the benefits money that you, that you swindled? You know, so pe- people who genuinely need it never get it. It's all these other people. A lot of people having a look at the LBC website to have a look at some of these super places uh, that uh, the presenters have picked on. Mine are particularly unusual, I think. Uh, some people have picked open spaces, parks. As I said before, Jim Davis has picked a cemetery. I've no idea why that is. Oh, Anthony Davis picked the cemetery. What did Jim pick? He picked something. It's, whatever it is, it's, it's sort of like an open field kind of thing. You go through a gate. So it could be... It probably could be a... Phys- Jenny Barnett picked the Physic Garden down at Chelsea. I've actually picked the Dead House and a couple of other places, which are quite nice. And um, the Wales picked that Goodwin Court, which is quite nice. It's just literally over the road from here. I love it. I love going up it. I always take people over there. If ever I've sort of got somebody in town, I go, have you seen this? This is a little bit of London. They, they say, I think, a plaque on the wall that it was built in about 16-something. But uh, Pevsner said that it was much later than that. Not much later, but it was certainly around the 1700s. That it was built, and there's another pub down an alley. I think it might be the Lamb and Staff, and that's another one which sort of appears. And it's sort of you go down these little alleys. London must have been fascinating years ago, if not a bit dangerous and a bit dark, because we wouldn't have had any of the street lighting that we've got now. It would have been either gas lamps or um, or just no lighting at all. No lighting at all. That's why they've also got some very unusual gas lamps, and it's one to sort out the sewers. It was a way of getting rid of the gas from the sewers. And I think there's one down by the Savoy. Can't wait for that to open again. 
Um, another one here. This is uh, Peter Andre planning to celebrate his divorce from Katie Price with a meal and movie with the children. And very funny, Mel B went out. This is the one who had the argument with Katie Price's very butch friend, Phil Turner. And uh, her, her boyfriend, or husband actually, uh, was wearing makeup the other day. Obviously, to sort of prove that cage fighters, you know, aren't the only ones who can wear makeup. Lovely, isn't it? It's nice to know, actually, that somebody's actually taking full advantage of Katie Price because uh, so desperate is she for. She must be desperate for friends. You've got to hang around with a cage fighter. And uh, there's something is coming on sale now, and I'm quite taken with it. It's not. I don't think it's a new idea because I remember going into an Indian restaurant in Beaconsfield years ago and having silver on the top of one of my curries. It was actual silver, edible silver. And now there is a lady who has brought out a, a whole range of silver and gold sprinkles. Genuine gold, genuine silver. I think they sell for about 15 quid for a little pot. And you sprinkle it on drinks or over food, and it makes it look more interesting. And I think it's a winner. Because I think people who do food want to make it a little more exciting. And to actually put little flakes of gold on it, and this is all sort of crushed down so you can sprinkle it. So for 15 quid, you can make your meal look really bling. And I quite fancy the idea of going out, buying something cheap, and then sprinkling some gold over the top of it. And people go, what's that? And you go, gold or silver, depending on, you know, how much money you've got. And, but I remember distinctly having it in an Indian restaurant years ago where it had silver. It might have even been gold, and I think it was, it was silver leaf that was over the top, and it was edible because it's so thin. I believe you can take an ounce of silver and hammer it so thin it covers a football pitch. That's how thin you can make it. How cool is that? There you go. That's something to tell your friends this morning. You say, Steve Allen said you could take an ounce of gold and hammer it so thin that you can cover a football pitch. There you go. Lynn says, agree with you about the Jan Moyer article. I thought it both ignorant and in bad taste. But these complaints are a touch too much. Uh, apparently, if you want to know what a French Mastiff looks like, take a look at the Tom Hanks film, Turner and... Oh, it's one of those dribbling dogs. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, a dribbling dog. Not sure about that. I don't like any dog that when it shakes its head, you get covered in phlegm. Oh, it makes me feel physically ill. Physically ill. I can't do anything that slobbers over you. Nothing. My Auntie Enid's a bit like that. She's, she's, she's at the dribbling stadium. <laughs> oh, everywhere. No. Horrid, horrid, horrid. Just put them away. LBC 97.3. The... 27 minutes to 7 of your clock watching. We'll have a chat to uh, Darren in a moment. Find out exactly what's uh, going on the way. He's got a couple of events for you today and then we'll... Uh... Oh, no, we're not. We're doing the, the sport up. Do you know, I forgot what I was doing, actually, for a moment there. I moved away from you, I'm afraid. That's all right. I'm so sorry, Matthew. <laughs> I tell you what, I was looking at the clock thinking, I'm sure I've got to do the horse racing some point in here. <laughs> and uh, we didn't do very well yesterday. Oh, dear. No, blowhole. Mm. Didn't do anything at all, I'm afraid. Out of 11, you came ninth. Oh, that's poor. He, he, poor. Uh, actually, Alex has said, I've noticed the website seems only to show the newsroom nag these days. Does it? Yes, he said, I wonder if they think they don't need me. Oh. He's getting insecure. Oh, dear. So, but have words, haven't yes. we? Yes. Jeff Dore, yesterday, uh, for him, fourth. So he lost two pounds. So yours is £73.46, and he's £25.62. Bit of a write-off yesterday. Bit of a write-off well, yesterday. We'll just forget it, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, it was it not was a forgettable for day, really, generally. Yes, it was, actually, wasn't it? it was Nothing a, really happened. A bit mizzy, as they say. Yeah. A bit mizzy. So today we're off to Lingfield, mm -hmm. which is nice. Cat Hunter in the two o'clock. Cat Hunter. 
They also go at Exeter and Yarmouth. But uh, I'm also going with Lingfield, the three o'clock at Lingfield. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oil strike. Oil strike. Hmm. Not post-strike. No, oil, oil strike. strike. I hope there's not going to be a post-strike. I fear there is. Oh, do you? Mm. Well, I'm hoping they'll all see sense. I'm hoping that they won't want to follow like sheep. And when the union leaders say, let's go on strike, they're going to go, no. And they're going to vote against it. Coming up to Christmas, you know, they lose valuable contracts. The whole thing will collapse like a pack of cards. Other companies will jump in. They'll offer a, a quicker, better service. And they'll be cutting off their nose to spite their face. Well, you keep your fingers crossed. Oh, I'm keeping everything crossed today. So, listen, good luck for, the, for your... Uh, yes. It doesn't sound very likely, does oil it? Stri- well, oil strike. Oil strike. Oil strike means money. Yeah, that's, oil. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's a bit, a bit dusty bin here. Oil <laughs> strike means money. Money <laughs> means premium bonds, and so you won beans. <laughs> Do you remember those? Dark yeah, oh, things? I could never. I mean, I, I just couldn't understand. Ted Rogers would sit there, and I'd sit there thinking, <laughs> I must be on the wrong stuff because I'm not following these at all. I'm afraid. Those <laughs> random, obscure it was, clues. It was oil. <laughs> yes, oil rush. That means the Yukon. The Yukon yeah. means trees. You won a pencil. You see, when they. <laughs> Production people were sitting in their meeting, thinking, yes. right, what, should we, what clues should we give this? Yeah. What were they on? I used to love it on, on Bullseye when Jim Bowen would have two people on there from posing as a thing. And he'd go, super smashing, you've won a speedboat. And they live on a council <laughs> estate in Wigan. It you was know, always a speedboat. It was always a speedboat. And he'd pull the clothes <laughs> and say, oh, look, you've got this caravan. And I'm thinking, that's the last <laughs> thing they go need. go well in the tower block in Wigan, won't it? Exactly. <laughs> Hoist that one up to the top. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Take care. Thank you very much indeed. That's Matthew Schofield, and we'll see how we do in the horse racing tomorrow. Alexander needs a winner as well. Apparently, they they repeated Bullseye on Freeview. Crikey. That's just too much, isn't it? The worst thing I ever saw was Jim Bowen. They they put him on um, the Peter Kay programme, where he turned up at the nightclub on Phoenix Nights, but he couldn't remember his lines. And so it was an outtake, 15 minutes to get him to remember his lines. And it was a simple line... It was, it was nothing complicated at all. Anyway, all of that's to one side, so you can catch it up on Freeview. I haven't got it on Freeview. I've got some very odd stuff on Freeview. I haven't got it on now. Oh, right, has been. Oh, right, the Krypton Factor. Oh, the Krypton Factor. Can you assemble all these shapes? No, I can't. Well, you, have, well, you won't get through it. I don't care. And then the Assault Course. No, thank you. Gordon Burns, wasn't it? Was it Gordon Burns on the Krypton Factor? I only, only liked those things. I liked it when, when Des O'Connor did the yes-no interlude on that programme, which he did, where they had to get you to say either yes or no. And it was quite fun. I used to sit there playing along at home. I was rubbish. I was rubbish. Darren's back with us. Good morning. Morning to you. Morning. Let me just remind everybody very quickly, go to LBC's website and check out some of the places around town that we've all recommended. It was, it was Anthony who's, who's done the cemetery, and Jim, has done a, Jim Davis has done a nature reserve. And reasons, what have you done? Reasons best. I've done the Dead House. And ones with tip. And what was the other one I've done? I've done three, I think. The Twickenham rubbish dump. No, but there is an item in Twickenham. There is an item no, in really? Twickenham, but it's but it's but it shouldn't be. Okay. It shouldn't be. It should have been something else. Aid got a bit carried away with it. And yeah. and the other one I've done is oh, I tell you what, the other one I've done is the Colosseum under the Guildhall. Oh right, brilliant. Done that one. So there's a picture yeah. of it. You should go go see it. Actually, nobody ever goes there. It's one of the most empty places I've ever been to. They've got the art gallery upstairs. And then you go downstairs, and as they were digging, they found the remains of this Roman Colosseum. You I'm might a be a bit off. disappointed if you, if you think like I did. You're going to see tiered seating and everything. Else. It doesn't look like the Colosseum in Rome, does it? No, yeah. You have to use your imagination. Yeah. But then, when you think it's a couple of thousand years old, yeah. it's quite impressive. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I, I, think, I mean, it's just stones, but it's just... 
it just evokes something. Oh. It is. Anyway, uh, two things. Firstly, uh, just over the road here at the Garrick, opening... Opening... Opens, opens next Monday, but I went to the first preview last night. This is Archer Abriquetti in change. In change. Prepare yourself. You better tell people what he is, because they might well, might not yeah, understand. I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a play with the fastest quick changes you've ever seen in your life in costume-wise. Within mm. the first five minutes of the show, you've seen at least 20. But this is one of the most complicated, technically stunning shows I think I've ever seen. How they fit it all into that theatre, I have no idea. Mm. But I don't want to give too much away because it's so spectacular. And the end of the second act. The first act is um, setting the story. The second act is, the one, of, is one of the most... Um, Unusual and brilliant moments. You see scenes from The Sound of Music, The Wizard of Oz, King Kong, Gone with the Wind, so on and so forth. And then at the very end, um, it's very moving, very magical. Right. And that's what we're telling you. Yes. Okay. I don't want to give too, as I said, I don't want to give too much away because it's a a little spotlight for you, but uh, prepare yourself to be blown away. Okay. It's quite interesting watching the audience response, actually, yesterday, because Mm. for the first hour of the show, I don't think anybody knew what the hell was going on. No. <laughs> well, of course, magicians will know Arturo Brichetti from years ago from the show Why at the Piccadilly Theatre, which was I and then became Why, and that was that was quite spectacular. Um, but in the interval, I can hear people saying, there's definitely two of them. He must have a twin. Oh, right. He can't be that fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the trouble is, when, when you watch, is it Daniel and Darnie or whatever their names are? Oh, no, it's nothing like nothing that. Nothing like that at all. I mean, no. theirs is sort of a little bit glams and glitzy. This is, uh, nothing. This is somebody who changes in seconds from man to woman to whatever. We well, see the Queen, you'll see guardsmen, yeah. all sorts. Very, very if clever. You've seen the ex- if you've seen the excerpt, forget all of that. Yes, it's nothing like that. This is nothing this has like taken it, you know, 50 stages on. But okay. it's um, taken it 50 stages on from Y as well, because there are projections and there's um, all sorts of uh, computer technology used to make this show work right. as well. Oh, great. It's so just it's over the back stuff. here at the Garrick. Yes. So uh, um, check it out. All this week, it's uh, special ticket prices, I think, 10 and 20 quid. Before oh, because it's half term, isn't it, coming up? Half term next week, and yes. there's tons, oh, tons and tons of stuff going on, especially as it's Halloween as well coming up as well next week. <laughs> so I'm going to whip through the year. Uh, Sorry, okay. <laughs> the London Wetland Centre's doing a uh, Halloween party. You got to book in advance for that one. The National Maritime Museum. You've been there, haven't you? Yes. Down Have at I? Greenwich. Have I been Down to at Greenwich? Have I? You went in there. Didn't you tell me about the scenes or something. Oh, yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> I did. I can't remember where I've been half the time. Only went so many different places. You only went a few weeks ago. I know. I, I can't... I've, I've got this memory attention of a gnat. My attention yeah. span is dire, I'm afraid. Alexandra Palace is doing special ice rink for the half term. Yeah. Chelsea Football Club tribute tours and Halloween costume party at Frankie's. Oh, it's nice. Actually, somebody asked yeah. me about Frankie's the other day. Really? Yeah. I think Graham's going there. What is it? Uh, it's tours of the um, uh, football stadium. Right. Okay. And uh, down at Stamford Bridge, kids can take the usual tour of the dressing rooms, players' tunnels, with added trigger questions about Chelsea Football Club. Oh, I've just remembered one of my other places of interest is Eltham Palace. And the reason is it's because where Henry VIII grew up and attached onto this Art Deco house. Yeah. 
uh, is the Great Hall the that Great Henry Hall, grew yeah. up in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, you, 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 you walk through the house and then all of a sudden you're back in Henry VIII's time. You get this a beautiful Art Deco 1930s house yeah. and then suddenly you're transported back to the Tudor period. Yes, and it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of tacked onto it. The, the, or the house was tacked onto the, the Tudor bit that survives. Indeed. Well worth going to. It's worth, I've never been to Elton before. Also, Sir John Stone's Museum's doing ghostly goings-on again. And uh, at London, Ooh. they're doing advent- animal adventure. Ah. Sorry? All cashing in on the ghostly... Oh, well, I, you see, the trouble is ghostly, ghostly. People like ghostly things, don't they? I know they do, yeah. People like that. People like to be frightened. Boo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Frighten myself, then. <laughs> so that's tons and tons of stuff going on in the half-term, and, of course... Um, I think Arthur is quite suitable for kids as well. Yes, yes. No, no rude bits. Um, a couple, but not too rude. Okay, so suitable for what ages? I would say six, seven upwards. Oh right, so, oh crikey, okay. okay. Yeah, but just remember, he's a one man. <laughs> lots um, of magical, magic and spectacles. Well, I mean, his rudeness is carry on rudeness. Nothing more than that. Right, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of stuff. What a huge marrow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. OK, thanks very much indeed. Pleasure. Darren's back with us on Sunday, sorting out all your uh, your techie problems. Actually, if you go to steveallenshow.com, you can send in your techie problems there, then we can get to you a little bit quicker. John in Helsinki says Freya is an ancient Nordic name from Viking ages and so on. According to mythology, Freya was the wife of one of the gods, if I remember correctly. How nice. Well done for remembering that. At, and Friday is named after her, because... Because it's Freya's Day, or Friar, as somebody who cooked the chips in the monastery. He was the Friar of the monastery. So there you go. Uh, Stephen says, great show, been laughing all morning. That's the trouble if you live in Singapore, isn't it, really? Been ill this week, working from home, decided to listen to LBC on the web. Used to listen regularly before I moved to this part of the world. I'll now have to make it a regular thing when back in the offices. I've also loaded the app on the iPhone. From your descriptions, not sure if it's a good thing or bad thing that I don't get to see the X Factor. It sounds like the singing of the judge, Cheryl, is as horrendous as the contestants themselves. My evil side would say, I'm missing out. Go and check it out on YouTube, and you'll notice the moment she starts miming. And the dance routine, it's just not... Put this way, she's surrounded by loads of dancers, but I read the review the other day in Metro of her single, and they said, we put it straight in the rubbish bin. And they said, and believe it or not, there's even a video to go along with it. They weren't very kind at all. But I, I don't think it's that great. I don't think there's a career built on this. I just think it's a way of... And also, having, having a cheap uh, bit of publicity... You don't need to advertise a single. Just put them on the show to get the, the sales that way. Anne in Richmond says, It will get darker in the evening and lighter in the evening. Fall back, spring forward. Where is the lovely Alan today? Well, Alan, because he's, he's not lovely at all, I'm afraid, I have to tell you. It's clever lighting and, and stuff like that. And we have to put his voice through a, an auto-tune thing before you can hear him. Have you got no idea what he looks like? Well, this way, he's actually rented out for Halloween at the moment. He's actually booked for three parties. He doesn't need to dress up. He just turns up the way he is. And we go, ah! And also, he is he's also available for your bonfires this year. Penny for him. Penny for him. 14 minutes to seven. <laughs> News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Five senior managers at Wandsworth and Pentonville are facing discipline. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven is uh, the time. What was I going to say? I was going to say something to you. I've completely forgotten what it is. 
I just said, oh, yes, I met a lady on the bus the other day called Maggie. I think it was Maggie from Barnes. She said, will you remember? I said, I shouldn't think so. I'm balmy as a brush, I'm afraid. I get on the bus and she goes, I'm your biggest fan. Well, I get that a lot. There's a lady I started encountering on the towpath. That's another story. On a bicycle. We get on the bus there and Maggie, I think it was Maggie, said, uh, hello, Steve. Hello, Graham. Because you have to take him on the bus now because he's elderly. Because he had to go and buy slippers yesterday. Well, he said they were for his father. But I think secretly. I think you get to a certain age and you like slippers. I've got a pair of slippers at home and I like them. And I looked in M&S the other day and they've got some quite nice slippers. Some of them have got tank, Thomas the Tank engine on and everything. I might have to buy myself. Uh, Twittering, everybody's doing it. Stephen Fry has uh, got 840,000 followers. Jamie Oliver has 217,000. Jonathan Ross has 427,000. Paris Hilton has got 776,000. Philip Schofield has got 252,000. Do you know, that boy is so thin. Philip Schofield is so thin. He really is (laughs) very slim. Demi Moore has got 2.17 million Peaches Geldof, 55,000. Yuck. And Gokwan has 39,000. It's the man who persuades women to strip off to boost their confidence. Yeah, right. Call it lap dancing around our way, I think. And everybody, I must warn you, because there are so many adverts on the television at the moment, I can barely get through a programme without somebody popping up telling you to send your unwanted jewellery to them and they'll send you money back. In fact, there seem to be a plethora of them. One person started, the next minute there's about 50 companies out there. And uh, I always think, if you're sending stuff through, and there's one woman there saying, oh, I sold my wedding ring from my first marriage and I got 400 pounds and i thought yeah but these are so rare the majority of the time it'll be you know not the same amount of money and there's so many different companies how do you find out which one is the best the answer is you don't if you're that desperate to sell it go into a jeweler and see if a jeweler will offer you money bearing in mind you're never going to get anything like you paid for it and they'll always go to you oh this is only nine carat gold or this is only this is oh by the way we're not looking for silver at the moment silver it always amazes me i love silver and, and yet, it never fetches great prices. You go to the London Silver Vaults, there's a good place to go. And and, it, and you sort of think to yourself, my God, there's some lovely... Th-. And you think cleaning. Well, that's all I used to worry about. Cleaning silver. Cleaning silver. It was the bane of our life, <laughs> cleaning silver. But if you're going to send away your, your uh, jewellery, what you have to do is you, you sort of get this prepaid insured security envelope, which is only insured up to about £500, I think. And what they're going to do with your jewellery is they're going to melt it down. They're selling it for scrap. You're paying scrap values, or you're, 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 you're getting scrap value, because there's no use to that. What do you think they're going to do? Sell it in a shop? No, of course they're not. They're going to melt it down, so they're looking for the best that they can get. It makes no difference to them what it is, whether it's jewellery or Aunt, Aunt Edith's stuff. All they want to do is melt it down, and you've got people holding money. Oh, I sent this off, and I got back a cheque for £200, and you think, yeah, it was worth a 1000 I'm, I'm very sceptical of anything that you send through the post, jewellery or otherwise. You know, my advice would be, check, find out from a local jeweller first what you think it's worth, because one of the papers did that a short while ago, and they were horrified at how little they were being offered by these companies. I think the item was worth £600, and the best offer that they got was something like 220 from some of these companies. Because then, if you don't want the money... You've then got to, to write back to them and say, well, actually, I, I don't sort of want it now. But I think you must have to do it quickly because some of them say, we will sort of, you know, send you a cheque by return. I think, well, what happens if you don't like the amount of money that they're offering you? So do, do be very careful. Go to a jeweller's first and just say, listen, I just want a rough idea of what this is worth. And if they go, 20 quid, 
then, you know, 20 quid it is. But, but don't, don't start sending it off unless you're absolutely desperate to, to see your jewellery disappear completely. Poor old um, Joe. Very, very unhappy at the moment. Can you pick up a pair of school socks for Josh from Len Smith's? I ordered them two weeks ago and they're stuck in the post. Also, he's won premium bonds for the first time and that hasn't come too. This postal strike, we'll have to watch it later on. We shall watch it later I'm hoping that they're, that they're not going to. I, I, I really hope that they're going to see sense. Anne in Wigan says, love the show. You wake me up every morning with a smile, which is good. Mind if you're in Wigan, anything that, uh, that you're hearing is a bonus, I should imagine. Are you going to the 1940s big band Blitz at York House on the 7th of November, says John? No. I think Paula, who used to work for Dickinson Jones in uh, Richmond, whatever, the, it wasn't Dickinson Jones, was it? And uh, she's left there now, so she's not on the Shiseido counter. She'd love that, a big band Blitz at York House which is in uh, Twickenham. Uh, wish Claire and uh, Carwan a happy first anniversary. Claire works at Costco's in Watford, says Lynn. Do you know, I've just sent off to Mr Cohen in, uh, in Bushy this programme. You know, he, his uh, brother, his late brother, played harmonica and he featured on that programme, which was sent in to me by Nick of the Shepherd's Bush Empire from 1937. I've just put that in the post to you, Mr Cohen, so you should get that very, very quickly. Strangely enough, your postcode is not unsimilar to my friend uh, Daryl Rose, who must be around the corner, because you've both got roughly the same postcode. I know loads of people in, in, uh, in Bushy. Uh, I didn't see Jordan on Graham Norton, and, and I share a lot of people's unhappiness at the moment with cyclists who have not got lights on their bike. Mind you, some of them do look like Christmas trees lit up, but the majority of people uh, driving about with no lights on, you know, it's, it's a problem for the police to have to say to you, listen, you need lights, you know, or if, you, if you're going to not put lights on your bike, at least wear something light so we can see what's going on, because I nearly knocked somebody off the other day because I couldn't see them. And around my way, as I said, they're getting a bit better about not jumping traffic lights. Still, people are jumping them. But uh, I have to watch them very carefully. Sanjay says, silver cleans in Coca-Cola. I know, it just doesn't seem the same, though, does it, really? There's something about cleaning things. I mean, they always say, I mean, I used to put... My mother used to put silver in the sink. And you'd connect it up to something. There was a plate that you put in the sink, and it had a, a chemical reaction. And it cleaned silver that way. And all you had to do was polish it. We used to sit there with Duraglit. And then you come away and your hands will be filthy. Oh, it's an absolute nightmare. Some this morning, uh, Jensen Buttons uh, settled down uh, with a girl who likes taking her clothes off of the magazines. The world's heaviest man is 70 stone. He's got to have this £20,000 life-saving operation uh, to stop him eating. Uh, the BNP have triggered a question time race war the other day. Um, Cheryl Cole again, I'm afraid, in the papers. I really have had quite enough of that. And uh, 100,000 people, according to the Express, are rushing to the post office to, uh, to take the jobs if they go on strike. So there must be loads of people going, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And the day Jensen Button passed his test, they've got pictures of that, plus the shamed doctor Edward Erin behind bars last night after found guilty of poisoning his pregnant mistress with drugs. Do go to the LBC website. Do, do have a check on where the presenter's favourite places are. Nick Ferrari picked Fleet Street which is where I spent my formative years as well, a shadow of its former self now. So love go- when, when they pulled down the, uh, one of the buildings at the back of Fleet Street, the place was overrun with mice. We had mice running onto Fleet Street. I mean, there were hundreds of the blooming things because they all came up from the uh, River Fleet, which was channelled underneath LBC's uh, building in those days. And, 
And it was, it was, it was interesting, very interesting, but changed. I remember seeing all the rolls of paper arriving in Bouverie Street in the early hours of the morning, which is where the news of the world was. Anyway, that's it for today. Do go to lbc.co.uk, learn about the podcasting, have a look at the presenter's favourite place in London. Some will make you smile, and some will think, uh, will get you thinking, well, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll investigate that place today. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between five and seven. Have a great day. Nick's with you next on LBC. Prices at London Apartments slash